You're listening to the USCA official podcast, which takes you behind the scenes of eventing, covering all the big events, professional tips and tricks, interviews, special guests, and the latest USCA eventing news. Welcome to the USCA official podcast and listeners, another brand new episode. So today's show is all about bitting because what we put in our horses' mouths feels at times like an absolute minefield. And we wanted to kind of take a step back and give you a little insight into some of the things to think about and some of the things to consider, but also hopefully give you a little bit of help along the way. So I have drafted in an expert in bitting because I'm far from an expert in bitting. uh, And it is none other than Lisa Waterworth from Expert Bits. Lisa, thank you so much for coming on the show. No problems at all. Uh, Really happy to be here to help. It is an absolute pleasure. Also, I've managed to wangle another Brit onto the podcast. Um, sorry to all of our favourite US listeners, but we, we're just making ourselves heard. Uh, Lisa, can I just ask you a little bit of background on your experience in this field? Because am I right in saying that you, I mean, you've ridden all of your life. Um, yes. So from that perspective, hugely experienced in the equestrian industry. But actually, from kind of engineering side of things, and then kind of coming into the bitting side of things, all kind of merge together just give us a bit of a background on you and and how you work so my background was in technical metals uh i worked for some of the biggest aluminium and stainless steel and steel manufacturing companies uh in the world and uh my husband is a bitching expert and has done that for years and it became quite apparent that there's quite a gap in the market buying an affordable bit that works really well with the confirmation of the horse's mouth and that's how this came about, really. It evolved, but that we thought, well, you know, we can make these bits. My background is in technical metals. Matt's obviously got all the 20, over 20 years experience in bitting. Why don't we give this a go? Why don't we make bits that are affordable to everybody? Because we all know how expensive they can be. Bits that are affordable, but actually work and do what we say they're going to do with the help of our advice and the education that we try and provide as a company. I think that's a, a really good point. And actually, you touched upon something there in, in confirmation of a horse's mouth, which I, I really want us to expand upon at some point, because we all talk about the confirmation of our horses and we look at that and, and mouths are no exception. And that must play a huge part in in making sure that your horse is happy and comfortable. But I suppose let's start off with with where do you start with bitting a horse in terms of kind of the early sort of analysis in terms of what might suit them and what should be the first step that you take in, in trying to find the perfect match as such for your horse and, and the bit that's in their mouth? Yeah, so we would always start with the breed of the horse. That's really important, uh, is that we know the breed, because certain breeds have certain traits. There are a few exceptions to that rule. Connemaras don't tend to follow any breed trait, but a horse such as thoroughbred always follows breed trait. Uh, and that is the first thing we look at is what breed is your horse. There's always exceptions to, you know, to these rules, but that is generally what certain horses we know like. So warm blood, most warm bloods have really big tongues. Most thoroughbreds have really low palate and not just low, hard. And that's what you've got to think about what breed is your horse. So that's the very first thing we look at and think, right, okay. We then have a good look inside your horse's mouth. It's amazing how many people don't look inside the horse's mouth. The horse actually 
really quite amenable to this. They're really quite okay with it. And we have a good look. We see how fleshy the horse's mouth is, how big the horse's tongue is. And we always have a look at the palate. And even if you think your horse may have a low palate, just give it a press. If it's a, a Johnny Gently like, but if it's a cob, it's probably fine. It's got a, it feels like sponge. Some people get a bit freaked out by doing this. But if you put your thumb into your horse's palate, you'll, it's either spongy or hard. And, and just and describe where the palate is for anybody who isn't so, over familiar. So the palate is the roof of the mouth, uh, the roof mm-hmm. of your horse's mouth, where the bit would sit. And if you open it up uh, and you can sometimes see how low they are, or sometimes they'll have an arch to them and a curve. And that sort of explains to us a little bit about does your horse need, we're always looking, does your horse need palate relief or tongue relief? That's our first thought, palate relief or tongue relief. And then we, we've got an idea of what mouthpiece to use, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So is there, is it simply down to, yes, all horses can be a little bit different, but certain horses ha- have a hard palate, certain horses have a soft palate. And then does that determine exactly what sort of material that you should be starting with? Rather than material, it's actually the shape of the mouthpiece more okay. than the material. Certain materials do different things. Obviously, the copper alloy warms up 20 times quicker than a stainless, traditional stainless steel bit. And as you can imagine, if you're putting something cold in your mouth, you might be a little bit whoa to start with. So that's nice. The titanium bits are exceptionally light. They're a density of uh, 4.5 compared to 8 of stainless steel. So, you know, nearly twice as light as stainless steel. But it's more the shape of the mouthpiece of the bit that is important more than the metal. The mouthpiece has to suit the conformation of the horse's mouth. There's no point. So if you put a, a lozenge, say a horse with a low palate, how many thoroughbreds do you go around seeing throwing their heads in the air when you have to take contact or during transitions? The reason that is is because they tend to have a low, hard palate. So if you put a bit in with a lozenge in it or a French link, as you move your hands, that hits their palate. That hard metal upon hard bone often causes that head raising action. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It makes, it makes perfect sense. And I, to be honest, I was thinking, like I'm sure a number of listeners were thinking to this show, going, hmm, I wonder. Um, so where would you, for anybody that, that is sort of at home thinking, okay, I've, I've got my horse, I've got a bit that I think they're happy in, but I'm not entirely sure it fits correctly, what are, are the sort of the important points of making sure that your bit fits correctly, your horse? And what are what are the most common things that you see that aren't that aren't uh, right or easy mistakes to make as such? Easy mistakes are sometimes on loose ring. We see the uh, the actual loose ring touch inside the horse's cheek. That's too close. You ask him for nipping. You know, for the skin down on the side of the horse's mouth to go through the hole of the loose ring. So that can cause nipping. Uh, that's probably the biggest thing we see, and also bits that are too high in the horse's mouth. Too high or too low. Uh, you need to make sure you can see, but if you hold your cheek pieces, it should feel firm, but you shouldn't feel baggy. And so bits that are too high or too low as well, we see quite regular. Okay, fair enough. What about the the strength a bit that people should be using? Where would you recommend that people start with making sure that they're not being put it over bitting or under bitting yeah. the horse so to speak so we always ask uh lots of questions when we first meet people or when we do this over an online advice that we give we always start nice 
always. So once we've worked out that your horse has this particular type of conformation of mouth, uh, again, we'll go for low palate. Is the horse actually going against the pressure is what we've got to ask ourselves. Is your current bit uncomfortable? Horses are flight animals, as we all know. Is it happening that as you're pulling, it's hurting? The more you pull, the more the horse runs against that pressure is what we think straight away. So we will always, always start nice. Always start with something, be it an Egbert, a loose ring, you know, a snaffle to start with. And see, once we decide on the cheap piece is where we go then. And then we will ask to see you ride your horse normally, walk and trot canter all three paces in that, that snaffle. Then, depending on the amount of control you've got then, then we'll put a jump up or we'll ask you to maybe go for a hack. Try something that the horse finds exciting. And I would say 75% of the time, don't need a stronger bit. Once the horse is comfortable in the mouth, it's got nothing to go against and it's more easy for the horse to listen to what you're asking. Uh, if the horse is uncomfortable and you're asking it to slow down or asking for a half halt, it can't fully listen to you if it's uncomfortable in its mouth. It's like having a conversation with a child and somebody else asking you a question. You can't listen to two things at once. And the horse needs to be able to listen and react without feeling discomfort in his mouth. I think that's a very, very good point. It's certainly an analogy that I'm very familiar with, listeners. I'm sure many of you are <laughs> <Me> as well. <laughs> can, I, can I ask you about the different cheat pieces and, and what each of them do and what benefits they can yeah. bring? Yeah, so if we start with the traditional loose ring, and that's what a lot of people ride in is the loose ring. The loose ring actually enables the horse uh, to place a bit where it's most comfortable in its mouth. As the name suggests, as the horse's tongue moves, the bit can go with the loose ring up and down. Uh, the egg butt is still in the horse's mouth. It is where it is placed because it's what we call a fixed cheek and it can't move off that fixed cheek like a loose ring can. But it does, so it gives the horse some stability in its mouth. And this analogy, this analogy I use personally, I describe it as like holding your horse's hand because that bit is there. It's not moving. The horse doesn't have the option to place it anywhere different in its mouth because it is where it is. So to me, it's like you're holding the hand and saying, it's okay, I'm here, this is where it's staying. It just that makes sort of sense. The hanging cheek, the weight of the bit is suspended in the horse's mouth and held up by the cheek pieces. And we would often use it on a horse that overbends because the horse can't feel the weight of the bit on the tongue. So what we find it does, it encourages them to stretch and look for that contact. Then you go into, and they so the full cheek works very, very similar to the egg butt, mechanically wise, but the full cheek gives facial pressure to aid with steering. Then we go on to like your strongest set of bits, your loop rings or wilkie or bevel bits. That gives some pole pressure, but it's still on a loose ring. So we would often find if a horse liked a loose ring bit, but you needed some more breaks for the more exciting things like cross country, like show jumping, we would always then try a wilkie or a loop ring because that gives a little bit of pole pressure because we know the horse can still place a bit where it's most comfortable in its mouth because it's on a loose ring, even though it does give pole pressure. After that, the next is the universal, which we see a lot of uh, people riding these days. That gives quite considerable more pole pressure, but it's a really versatile bit because it can be used in so many different ways. It can be used on the middle ring as, as a loose ring, really. It can be used with a back strap, a leather back strap that goes through the top ring uh, under the horse's chin to give curb pressure. 
It can be used with double reins. It's a really, really versatile bit is the universal, but it does have quite a lot of pole pressure with it. Uh, so that is something to be aware of. And again, a horse that likes a loose ring, but is strong, will like a universal. Same as when you're going up like to a Pelham, which if we find if a horse goes best in a hanging cheek, but you still need more pole pressure, you need more brakes, a Pelham can work ideal because a Pelham essentially is a hanging cheek with shanks. Uh, and that's why once you know what they're like as a snaffle, it's quite easy to bit up and make sure you've got the right mechanism that the horse likes. That makes a lot of sense. Um, what about the different metals and the different materials that bits are, are made from? What what do they suit and, and what can you tell us about the difference there? Each metal brings a different characteristic. So a copper bit, a copper alloy warms up I'd say 20 times quicker than, say, a stainless steel bit. A titanium bit is exceptionally light. A sweet iron bit is uh, coated in a sweet iron coating. It oxidizes when it's in the horse's mouth. It's, it's, it's readily acceptable to the horse. It's sweet. Uh, and plastic bits are obviously lighter and softer, but obviously not must have a metal uh, course in the middle of them. There are pros and cons of all of them. Uh, the, like I said, the copper bit, if your horse doesn't like anything cold in its mouth, it's easily acceptable to the horse of the night. is a warm copper bit and encourages them to salivate. Same as the sweet iron. Although it's not warm, it's, it's easily readily acceptable and, it, again, it encourages them to salivate. And the titanium, if a horse is fussy but, say, wants to feel some weight of the bit on the tongue but not too much, that's a great bit because it's so very light. But because the horse has 12 individual muscles in the tongue that go all the way back to hind legs. And that's quite a, a bit, it's quite a substantial piece of kit if you consider the size of the horse to compare to their tongue. The bit is quite a heavy material to put on their mouth. So that is why sometimes, you know, the titanium by horses is sometimes a little bit fussy. They like that because they like the weight reduction in the bit. What are the, the key things? If you feel like your horse might not like a bit, let's start with signs that they might not be happy in the mouth and might not be happy with the bit. What what should we be looking out for that might give us an indication that we need to change things? Any head tossing, head up in the air, head to one side, pulling the head down, tucking your horse up in the stable. Sometimes if you approach the bridle and they don't want the bridle on, they're always trying to tell us something. We've just got to listen to it. But if their head's in the air, if they're running, if they, they can sometimes look uncomfortable. The eyes don't look soft, if that makes sense. Uh, but mainly my key would be looking as head in the air, head down, head to one side. Just not listening either to the aid that you're asking or it not being a quick response to the aid that you're asking. If you've got to ask and ask and ask and the final half goes, okay, because it can't listen properly if it's uncomfortable. Yeah, absolutely. And and I guess the opposite then is true for, for the sort of the, the golden nuggets that you are looking for in terms of the, kind of them showing you that they are happy. Again, you need to listen. So the, the key things to look out for when they are happy with what's in their mouth. Well, they go into a consistent, you know, they go into a contact much easier. They're much softer in their hand. They're more willing. They're able to listen. You can sometimes see them physically change when we bit them and they go actually that's what you want okay I can listen now and they'll go forward into a contact they're soft there's less fussiness they're not messing with their mouths not got their head to one side they're more willing to work 
we also find going back to these 12 muscles and the tongue that go all about the hind legs, you actually can see them improve their stride. You can see the stride increase, sometimes their backs lift, and they start working correctly through the back. Because if something is pressing, the best way to put this is if something's pressing one of your muscles, say in your leg, can you walk properly? No, you can't. You take that pressure off and you can walk. And that is what we sometimes see happening. Like, oh, I can move because something isn't compressing one of their muscles in the tongue. So it's actually amazing that one of the muscles in the tongue goes all the way back no, yeah. to the high yeah, legs. And there's 12 individual muscles in a horse's tongue. So if something is pressing on your horse's tongue, it's same as us. We couldn't move properly. Something was pressing on one of our muscles. And it's exactly the same for the horse. So if we make them comfortable, it enables them to move forward and increase the stride. And they often get a little bit more forward as well. That's amazing. The, the difference that it can make. Uh, can I ask, how do you not be overwhelmed if anybody's listening to this thinking oh my gosh there is so much choice I just you know what where should I start how do you kind of break it down from from that perspective because there is so much choice and it is so expensive that you try one thing and you spend a couple of hundred dollars on something and then then that no you're not happy with that so you go and spend it on something like it's a real kind of balance of making sure that you obviously want to get it right but also you know there's a lot going on to consider there's so much going on to consider um we started expert bits because we felt there was a need for a reasonably priced bit in the market the bits are very expensive these days so we've taken it back to basics and we have a simple range of bits that that we know and have proven to work so what we would first of all say we give on we give online advice it's free uh, people can email us and we can help and we also ask for the pictures of the horse's head and mouth. The first thing we would look at is what breed is your horse? Does it have a chunky tongue? Does it have a low palate? And then, so most cobs, warm bloods, want tongue relief. Most thoroughbreds, some Irish sports horses, if they're more on the thoroughbred side, want and want palate relief. Same as an Arab or an Appaloosa, they often want palate relief. And it's about knowing these things, but also the way we would start is by looking at your horse's mouth, having a really good look, what do you see? What is your horse doing with the current bit? Are they bearing down? Is that trying to tell you that they want some relief on the tongue pressure? Because they're putting their head to get away from the tongue pressure. Are they throwing their head in the air? Is that because they don't like something hitting the palate? And that is how we would start this. I think that hits the nail on the head. I I think it goes back to... Um, initially look at your sort of horse, the confirmation of your horse's mouth um, and kind of say, okay, what do we think it will suit? And I guess the other thing is, yes, you know, by by all means, you can email expert bits and and Lisa and the team will be able to come back to you and give you some advice and help. Um, And and I know you guys, even though you're a UK-based company, you do ship abroad and work with clients abroad as well. We do, yeah. talk to your trainer um, or if you've got a friend who who might be a little bit more knowledgeable than you and you think do you know what I'm not really sure what I'm looking for I don't really know what I'm doing here or I'd just like a second opinion or a bit of help you know talk to other people and they will be able to help you and look at it with you as well because that take actually videos. take a video absolutely and then you can slow it down and you're not um you can see what's actually happening and it's sometimes very difficult to know what's fully happening when you're on board but if you take a video, you can actually look at that back and, and have a look and say, oh, my horse is leaning down. My horse is messing with its mouth, sort of thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, And hopefully that's a really good starting point of saying, okay, you know, where do I go from here in terms of making sure that my horse is as happy in their mouth as possible? And a happy horse, happy rider, listeners, that's what we seem to go on. Lisa, your, your top three tips for anybody listening to this show, what would you love to say? your sort of final three pieces of wisdom for them to to consider or to do? First of all, get to know your horse's mouth. Have a look. We all have our saddles checked. We all have the physio. We all have the dentist. Make sure you know your horse's mouth. Have a look in their mouth. See what's going on. Check it on a regular basis. Next piece of advice would be don't overbit if, if necessary. If the horse is comfortable, give the horse a chance you know, give give the horse a good chance that, to go in just a snaffle before we start to overbit. And a third piece of advice is ensure that the bit fits correctly. Make sure that your loose ring is not too close to the cheeks of your horse's mouth, the size of the mouth. And always remember, if you're going from a loose ring that fits correctly to a fixed cheek, such as an egg butt, a hanging cheek, a full cheek, you need to be a quarter of an inch smaller. So because it needs to fit closer. Okay, that's very useful. Can I just ask you, it just I just wondered for a second, we, we do all have our saddles checked. And sometimes because of the way a horse is going and the work that they've done, they've muscled up a little bit more, maybe they've put on a bit of condition, anything like that, the saddle changes fit. Can that happen with bits throughout a horse's career? Or is generally a horse's mouth confirmation going to stay the same? Generally, a horse's mouth confirmation is going to stay the same. Sometimes as the horse gets more confident uh, and experienced, you may need to bit up because it gets more cocky, for a better word. (laughs) And sometimes that's when you need to have more breaks, when the horse is more confident, you need need to be able to make that decision, not the horse. Uh, So sometimes that's when you need to change bits when you're changing discipline and the horse is improving. But as a general rule, the mouth confirmation doesn't really change that much now. I think that's a very good point. Okay, uh, Lisa, thank you so much. It has been a pleasure to have you on the show and I've certainly learned plenty. So I hope listeners that you guys have as well. We really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, and listeners, if you want to find out more, go and follow Expert Bits across any of their social media platforms. Uh, but look, just what you've got to do, have a look in your horse's mouth to get things going, see what your horse's mouth confirmation is, and hopefully you will be able to find the bit that suits you both brilliantly. Um, Lisa, thank you so much. Listeners, thank you. We'll be back very soon with more on the USCA official podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the USCA official podcast. If you have any suggestions or feedback, then we would love to hear from you. Get in touch through any of our social media platforms at US Eventing. And don't forget to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform to make sure you don't miss an episode.